0: Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Historic Pinstripes where we discuss the history of the New York Yankees. The goal of the Historic Pinstripes show is, as always, to preserve the rich history and tradition of the New York Yankees by discussing the greatest Yankees players and moments in Yankees history. Again, my name is Brian, and I have been a diehard Yankees fan for my entire life. Today's episode is on my all-time Yankee roster at each position, and Uh, This all-time Yankee roster uh, will include all all of the top guys that I chose on all the top five um, Yankees that I I ranked by position uh, in previous episodes. So I'm basically just kind of putting them all together and I'm going to be discussing the Yankee roster that I have kind of created um, by making the top fives. Anyways, the main criteria for this all-time Yankee roster is... Um, There's really only one rule, it's just that the player, if if the player played like more than one position, it has to be like, say like Mickey Mantle, obviously he he played a little bit of right field when he started in 1951, but he was mainly a center fielder, so uh, Mantle has to be in center, so I'm just going to do it that way. But first, I just wanted to mention that the Historic Pinstripe Show is a proud member of the 4041 media family with other podcasts such as Psych, Psych Your Crime. Free Your Geek, Honest Fitness Talk with your trainer, Nick, and uh, Movie Theater Time Machine, as well as other podcasts and streamers as well. Um, and you can also feel free to go and check out the website at www.4041media.com. So now let's get started with the all-time Yankee roster that I have created by doing all the top five Yankee rankings um, in previous episodes. I'm going to start off with the starting pitching rotation Um Um, My number one pitcher, my ace, would be Whitey Ford, then Ron Guidry, Red Ruffing, Lefty Gomez, and Andy Pettit. And, of course, for the starting pitching rotation, um, I did the top five starting pitchers. So, and I basically just kind of did all of them. Um, Instead of doing all the the number ones with starting pitchers, you you couldn't really do that. So, I just basically chose, tried to choose who I thought were like the best of the best um, for starting pitchers. Um, Whitey Ford, of course, uh, chairman of the board in the 1950s and 60s. And he really was like the ace of, of, of those teams. And like, Casey Stengel would like literally save him for just the important games. And of course, later on, of course, after Casey Stengel got fired um, in 1960, Ralph Hook came in. And he kind of promised him that he would he was going to be starting every fourth day, which is pretty much what Whitey Ford wanted because um, he, he wanted to get more starts. And um, obviously that helped the Yankees, especially for the first few years um, in Ralph Hook's tenure as manager. Of course, by the end of uh, Ralph Hook's tenure, Whitey Ford was getting older. But for um, Whitey Ford was a Hall of Fame pitcher. He was, he was a great, great pitcher I don't think that's that's m- that much of a surprise that I put Woody Ford as the ace. Ron Guidry, of course Ron Guidry, he kind of started off s- uh, slow in his career. He, it took him a while like the, the, the um the Yankees didn't really uh, give rookies a chance. Billy Martin didn't like to give rookies a a chance sometimes. They kind of had to they really had to earn their way into the uh starting rotation in the 70s. Um and Ron Guidry was not a, he was not a very high, highly touted guy from what I imagine. Um, but I, and he also wasn't a very big guy either. He was a left-handed pitcher, um, struck out a lot of guys. But I think it was the slider that really helped him to get to get into uh, to to become the ace that he really became. And uh, um, Ron Guidry also he was a really good pitcher for from like nineteen seventy-eight to like nineteen eighty-seven. He was a really really good. He was a really good pitcher. Um, uh, nineteen seventy-eight, obviously, one of the best years any starting pitcher ever had. 25 and three with I think it was a 1.74 ERA, um, 248 strikeouts. Of course, he had that um, that big game, the game that was um, tabbed uh, where he was tabbed the Louisiana Lightning Man um, by Phil Rizzuto, 18 strikeouts um, against the California Angels, uh, and uh, the next guy, Red Ruffing. He's my number three starter, um, and of course, this is all theoretical, um, but Red Ruffing um, that when I researched this and did that episode i i I was very like I, i i was very impressed by red Ruffing. i didn't realize how great of a pitcher he was obviously i knew he was a hall of famer but i just didn't know how good he was i didn't know like how obviously about the coal mining accident um he was missing four toes um basically throughout his entire professional baseball career and he was a very very good hitter um which as far as um being a starting pitcher doesn't really um it, it doesn't that does, that's not really part of why i put him in the rotation he was a, a, a very very good starting pitcher him and uh, lefty gomez were actually um a a, a great one two punch um and of course i put lefty gomez um right behind him in the fourth spot in the rotation lefty gomez obviously another great hall of fame pitcher uh you know all these guys are really very very good except, except andy pettit's the only guy that's really not a hall of famer However, I I feel like um, Andy Pettit, he's definitely deserving of being on this list, um, uh, being in the rotation anyway, for the all-time Yankee roster. Um, You know, Andy Pettit, he was a gamer. He just went out there and gave it his all. Um, He might not have been the most dominant pitcher all the time, but uh, especially when he was younger, um, you know, he he really stepped up when the Yankees really needed him, Um, like, for a very good, a very good percentage of the time, especially in the postseason, um, and especially, uh, I believe it was, it was 1996. There was a big game um, that he pitched. I can't remember which game it was, but he pitched against John Smoltz, and I think it was a one-nothing uh, game that he had won. Um, but, and it was that. That's really the one that really kind of solidified him as being a big-game pitcher in '96 in the World Series against the Braves. But anyways, that's my starting rotation. Woody Ford, Ron Guidry, Red Ruffing, Lefty Gomez, and Andy Pettit. Um, the, just imagine having those guys on the starting rotation, uh, um, obviously, you know, with considering um, the, considering that they lived in much different time periods um, if you could kind of get a time machine together and put those guys in a starting rotation that's that's a, as dominant as a starting rotation as you can, you can get. Um, so, let's move on to the uh, bullpen. Um, the bullpen, obviously we're going to start off with Mariano Rivera as the closer, but really we don't even really need to really name a closer because we really have three start, three closers. we got Mariano Rivera, Goose Gossage, and Sparky Lyle. Um, from my perspective, I would probably have Mar- Mariano as the closer just because he was so dominant, and Goose Gossage threw so many innings. Um and, and obviously, back, that's that's kind of how closers were in those days. They they didn't really um they, they didn't really have have many other relievers um, like in the '70s, um, like they do now. And it's it's not as uh, specialized as a of a role in the bullpen. But um, Goose has pitched some big innings in the sixth, seventh, eighth, and of course the ninth. Mostly um, mostly seventh eighth and ninth, I believe. But still he's he all like he he really had to pitch and get a lot of outs. It wasn't just the ninth inning. Um now, of course Mariano Rivera now, um like he's one of the only closers that really a lot of times the Yankees would use him for the eighth and the ninth inning, especially if the setup guy, I believe it was around like right after Tom Tom Flash Gordon when he was with the Yankees as a setup man um around two thousand four and two thousand five. I think he left after two thousand five or so. Um, but, uh, after Tom Flash Gordon left, they kind of had, uh, kind of a revolving door as far as setup men go. Um, so, uh, Mariano sometimes would have to come in in the eighth to kind of save the, save the inning and, and, uh, try to help the Yankees get out of it. Um, and he'd have to, uh, get at least an inning plus, um, for saves. Um, I, I mean, obviously Goose Gossage, he, he had to go a lot more than, uh, one and one and a half inning or one and a third innings or whatever it was um but regardless though i feel like goose gossage um having him as the setup man obviously of course sometimes you know in games like if you if this was really like if this is really a possibility of having a bullpen like that you could basically just have mariano rivera sparky lyle and goose gossage and that's pretty much it because uh, those guys you know they pitch so much and 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 they they Especially Goose and Sparky however this is a all-time Yankee rosters so of course I did not pick just those guys um Goose Gossage anyway you, you know he was one of the most dominant closers of his era and and pretty much the mo- one of the most dominant closers uh, of all time really I mean Mariano Rivera was in my opinion the most dominant closer of all time and I'm sure a lot of people would agree um but Goose Gossage is right up there with uh, Mariano Rivera and um uh, with Mariano, it was just that one pitch, the cutter, um, that really solidified him at the top. And also, but not only that, though, he he mastered that pitch, and um, he was just he had ice water in his veins. Um, he really didn't get rattled very much, and uh, or at least he didn't seem to get rattled at all, basically. And he was very humble, and that's why so many people really loved Mariano, um, like even kind of like the Red Sox, and uh, obviously 2005 which wasn't a great moment for the Yankees, but Mariano obviously laughing off when they had the, the Red Sox had the ring ceremony at Fenway Park and, you know, they kind of, they kind of cheered for him cause, cause of, uh, you know, the David Roberts stolen base in 2004, uh, game four. Um, so, uh, you know, but just the way he was just so humble and, and was able to laugh at himself kind of showed, um, I think that's what people really like about Mariano. Um, however, moving on, uh, Another uh, reliever would be Romero Mendoza, who I kind of wanted to add in there as a long man slash spot starter because every team kind of needs one of those guys. There's there's always um, there's always like sometimes even like even like this year as far as uh, uh, for starting pitchers, not that uh, 2020 is is a very different year for baseball than any other year or for anything really. But um, regardless, though. Uh, Uh, every starting pitcher, not every starting pitcher is going to pitch well every single day, Um, even if you're a Hall of Famer or not. Sometimes you just don't have it. So if the starting pitcher doesn't have it, then sometimes you need to bring in a long man. Uh, Romero Mendoza, of course, in the late 90s, Romero Mendoza um, came up with the Yankees. I think it was around 96 or 95 he came up. I'm not positive, but I think it was 96. Anyways, 96, 97, 98, and I believe 99... But it might have been just 96, 98. Uh, that he was with the Yankees. Romero Mendoza was one of the best, uh, basically spot starter reliever. Um, he, he was one of the best of that. Um, and Joe Torre would. That was basically Mendoza's job, just to kind of come in uh, when when there was an injury. He'd go into the rotation. Sometimes he could be a reliever. Um, and that's that was a very uh, a very important role for the Yankees because. Um, when you have a guy like that, that's not always an easy thing to do to to balance between the re- to to be a reliever and a starting pitcher, um, kind of like Jabba Chamberlain. Um, the Yankees have been doing that, uh about maybe tw- 10, 10 or fifteen years later, around two thousand seven to two thousand nine, when Jabba Chamberlain um, when he when he came up, he they had him as a reliever, then they had him as a starter the next year, and it kind of I think admittedly I think Brian Cashman even mentioned that 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 probably the way they handled Jabba Chamberlain was a mistake. Um and uh anyway, so that that's kind of, that's obviously not an easy thing for anybody to go between the uh bullpen and the starting rotation. But Romero Mendoza was um a, he, he handled that role very, very well, especially in the beginning of his career with the Yankees. Um uh, moving on, Sparky Lyle, who I didn't really talk about, I have mentioned him though of course Sparky Lyle he could be the closer on this team he could be a setup man just like Goose and uh and he could also be like a middle relief guy obviously with Mariano and Goose uh, Mariano and Goose are really kind of like the closer and the setup man but I would have Mariano as the closer then Goose as the setup man and Sparky Lyle even you can have like as a seventh inning setup man or maybe just a middle reliever It, it depends obviously on how the game situation would go uh and, obviously, Sparky Lyle is a left-handed uh, relief pitcher. So obviously, like, and he, and he was one of the best left-handed uh, relievers ever. I mean, really, he was one of the best relievers ever. And before the Yankees got Goose Gossage, um, 1977, Sparky Lyle won. Uh, he was the first reliever ever to win the Cy Young Award. Um, so, and I see that's why before that season started, I believe it was, um, Greg Nettles actually quoted was quoted as saying that uh, Sparky Lyle went from – from Cy Young to Sayonara. That's kind of a really telling quote about Sparky Lyle and kind of how, you know, George Steinbrenner at that time was the owner and, and he really wanted the Yankees to win no matter what. Even though the Yankees won the World Series the year before, he didn't want to settle. And if there was a a better player out there, he was always going to try to help the Yankees get better. Um, of course, Sparky Lyle, um, having him along with Goose and Mariano, that's that's as dominant as you can get in a, in a bullpen um you know of course if this this is just theoretical basically but um it's just kind of cool to 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 discuss uh Louis Arroyo is an, another guy who I wanted to mention he was a reliever he was basically like the, one of the probably the best yankee reliever that the one of the first really good yankee relievers anyway uh Louis Arroyo uh, he was actually a closer too but the the way that closers were used in the 1950s and 60s like they really didn't really use closers like they do now like um it was a little bit more similar to like goose Gossage um but at the same time though they really didn't that they wanted the starters still to go the whole distance um they didn't want they didn't want their starters to go seven eight innings they didn't want them to go nine but if they didn't then they would bring in um somebody like louis arroyo to finish the game um, I believe his best year was 1961 when he went 15 and five. Um, in uh, but anyways, Louie Arroyo, uh, he was, he was, he had some very, very good years, like I said, 1961. And I think he had a couple other good years too, but of course being a reliever in the 1950s and 60s, you, normally you, um, you wouldn't get a lot of opportunities to pitch. Um, especially if, you know, your starting rotation was doing well. And obviously that's what you want because you want to win games, um, and especially back then, they wanted their pitchers to go all nine innings if they could, and uh, uh so they really didn't have a, a lot of use for the bullpen. So just the way they used the bullpen back then was a lot different. But um, I I just feel like Arroyo would be a a good part of this bullpen. Um, also, another guy is, is I think sometimes you you do kind of need two long men in the rotation. I mean in the in the uh, bullpen and i also added ally reynolds ally reynolds was a very good starting pitcher i actually thought about him for the starting rotation but i feel like the guys that are in the starting rotation are really good um and i mean i feel like ally reynolds you could because he can be such a he was such a great starter and such a great reliever um i mean they called him the super chief um Uh, but like he 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 could basically do it all and sometimes you need a guy like that especially like Romero Mendoza I think Ali Reynolds was probably better than Romero Mendoza if you look at his numbers um he he was a very very good starting pitcher and and reliever for the Yankees in the I think it was the 1940s and 50s um he pitched some big games for them as well um so that's my bullpen Mariano the closer Goose is the setup man Sparky setup man middle reliever uh, Romeo Mendoza and Allie Reynolds are my long men uh, spot Um you could probably even have Ali Reynolds as a middle reliever um, and uh, also Louis Arroyo as the middle reliever as well uh, my rotation Whitey Ford Ron Guidry Red Ruffing Lefty Gomez and Andy Pettit my lineup well first off I'm just going to go each position um, obviously with the top five Yankees at each position I chose in left field I had uh, Charlie Keller in left field as the number one, the top Yankee left fielder, Um, Charlie Keller, I actually didn't, I actually didn't know a whole lot about Charlie Keller before I did that episode, Um, Charlie Keller is a, he's a very, very good left fielder, Charlie Keller had some really, really good years for the Yankees, Um, he actually took the Yankees probably too long to bring him up um, in the 1930s, but Charlie Keller... Um, he he had some very very good years. He missed some time too uh, with the Yankees because of the war, World War Two. Um, h- however, uh, he he still put together some very good years with the Yankees. Um, Joe DiMaggio in center field, I chose him over Mickey. Uh, but obviously that um, that's kind of a big debate among Yankee fans. I went with Joe over Mickey just because I felt like um, you know Joe DiMaggio again, just like Charlie Keller, he missed um three years I think it was because of the war and it was like in the prime of his career um and you know I feel like that probably uh took took a quite a big chunk of numbers out of his uh career statistics um however you know you really can't go wrong with either Joe DiMaggio or Mickey Mantle but Charlie Keller and left I get Joe DiMaggio on right Babe Ruth of course in right field as my top Yankee right fielder Greg Nettles at third base um By the best defensive third baseman in Yankees history, Um, of course. Alex Rodriguez was a very good third baseman as well, but I mean, when you can compare Alex Rod, you can't really compare Alex Rodriguez at third base to Greg Nettles defensively. But offensively, I think A-Rod probably is better than Nettles. Of course, um, you know the PEDs with A-Rod. I mean, that that's in my opinion anyway. PEDs really like. It, it, that's kind of the, the the error. This that whole error is really just has kind of a dark cloud over it, um, but it's also just kind of I guess in a lot of ways the history of baseball is just it's it's just basically more a story of bo- more about the history of baseball and not necessarily it's not necessarily a bad thing because I mean it it is obviously but like it, it that's just kind of that's how you learn so I mean um, obviously when A Rod first the news about me he was first suspended I think it was 2014 he really didn't handle it well at all but then by the end of the year he really kind of just you didn't really hear as much from him and um he like by when by the time he came back it seemed like he was kind of a different guy um he, he really seemed like he kind of learned his lesson um so in a lot of ways maybe it's just what he needed at the time for himself personally I don't know but anyways uh, regardless Greg Nettles is definitely my number 1 Yankee third baseman um one of the best defensive third basemen probably of all time I would imagine of any uh, not even just the Yankees um actually I believe some people had used used to call him like the Brooks Robinson of the Yankees at third base um Derek Jeter uh, is my top Yankee shortstop and I don't think that's really any surprise I think most people would pick him as the top Yankee shortstop um he's like the he's He's pretty much the, um, you know, Phil Rizzuto was the best Yankee shortstop for a long time. But of course when Rizzuto played, um, they really didn't have a a lot of offense in those days for shortstops. Um, of course Rizzuto was a very good, he was a very good player for the Yankees and he was a good hitter, but it it was, they were shortstops were generally more, more like small ball type players. Of course, Rizzuto was a small guy too. So he didn't have a whole lot of power, um, and in the fifties, um, you know Yankee Stadium, uh, left center field, Death Valley was was just like I think it was almost 500 feet away. So I mean he wasn't gonna really hit a lot of home runs anyway. But um, but he was very fast and he was had very good hands. Um, he was probably one of the best. I Rizzuto might have even been a better defensive shortstop than Jeter, from what I've heard. He was a phenomenal shortstop. But Jeter sometimes doesn't really get the credit he deserves um, defensively because you know. Obviously, obviously he he does, but he does get the credit he deserves, and um, I think a lot of that is his offense. But he really was a very good defensive shortstop. Um, I I think sometimes, uh, especially when you're viewed as a superstar, sometimes you're critiqued so much that any little thing you do wrong, especially since like you know since like when Jeter played, he didn't really play during the social media era. Probably would have been worse. Then I guess I mean I guess he did a little bit toward the end of his career, but I mean some sometimes uh, some, sometimes players just um, they get judged if they're if they're a superstar sometimes they get judged very very uh, very harshly and obviously these players, they you know Derek Jeter was making a lot of money um, and obviously more money than a lot of us can fathom and um, but at the same time though you know um, he was a phenomenal player. Um, he was he was definitely a very good shortstop defensively. Um, would I say he's was the best defensively? Um, maybe one of the best defensive shortstops of all time. No, I probably wouldn't. But he was a very very good defensive shortstop. Um, and I I would have to say that Derek Jeter is definitely the best overall shortstop in Yankee history, and maybe even one of the best like overall shortstops offense and defense ever in the history of the game. I wouldn't say he's the best, but he's up in like the consideration that i mean obviously he's a hall of famer now um so um that's why i have him at shortstop nettles so the left side is pretty much locked down with those two guys and uh the right side of the infield we got second base tony lazari um i picked him as my top yankee second baseman um tony lazari was basically known as kind of a guy who um he, he was a he had some power but he he really didn't um he didn't have as much power obviously as a like a Ruth or a Gehrig, but he was a he was a good second baseman from what I've read. And he uh was kind of one of those guys who was kind of just be kind of like a hit and run guy, move 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 runs over. Um I think they called him push em up Tony. Anyways, Tony Lazeri, um, in my opinion, he's definitely kind of more one of the more underrated uh, Yankees um in, in, in their history. Uh, so that's why I Lazari as the top Yankee second baseman, and that was kind of a close call between Billy Randolph, Antonio Lazari, and even Robinson Cano. I feel like if Robinson Cano had kind of stayed with the Yankees, and I think he, really, he probably would have broken every single record um, for a Yankee second baseman, uh, but of course that didn't happen. He ended up going to the Mariners and now the Mets. Um, however, regardless, I still, I still feel like Tony Lazari is the best Yankee second baseman in their history. And then I got Lou Gehrig at first base for the Yankees, uh, Lou Gehrig, of course, really that doesn't need any explanation. Um, you know, I think most people would pick Lou Gehrig as the best Yankee, uh, first baseman. Um, but Lou Gehrig, um, obviously like Ruth, he was one of the best hitters of all time. Um, and he had just a lot of power, and he could he could have contact just like Ruth. And he was just he was just one of the best. He was basically, um, you know, the Iron Horse played every single day through injuries, and it didn't matter. He he was just he was always ready, and he was a leader. He was really the first Yankees captain. I mean, there were other captains before him, but he was the first guy that like like well being being a captain like he, when you think of the word captain, you kind of think of a guy like Lou Gehrig and even Derek Jeter. Derek Jeter is kind of, if you think about it, Derek Jeter is kind of a throwback to, uh, he's, he kind of seems very similar to Gehrig um, to the, just in the way that they were as leaders. Um, you know, Gehrig wasn't really, didn't seem to be a really showy guy and uh, Jeter really wasn't a very showy player either. Uh, moving on to catcher, um, I have Yogi Berra behind the plate. Yogi Berra I chose as the top Yankee catcher. He was, He's probably one of the most clutch catchers of in basically baseball history. Um, he, I, I believe he won like 10 World Series rings as a player or something like that. Um, but he, he upped the Yankees win five World Series in a row. Um, and Yogi, when he first started, he really wasn't highly touted. And actually, I guess uh, he had tried out for the St. Louis Cardinals and uh, with his friend Joe Gary Giola and Branch Rickey, who was the GM of the Cardinals at the time, um, didn't want to sign Yogi uh, for the same amount of money that he was going to sign Joe, Joe Garagiola, so that right there kind of sh- shows you that Yogi, he he, um, I think it was because of his size, Yogi size, I guess, because he was he was only like five foot seven, five foot eight or so. He wasn't he wasn't that big, but it was stocky, and I guess they didn't really think of him as a baseball player or like, like a, they didn't think he would really be a great baseball player. What he became a Hall of Famer and. I think most people would agree that Yogi Berra is probably the best Yankee catcher in Yankee history. Of course, the Yankees have had a lot of really great catchers in their history. Obviously, Thurman Munson, Elston Howard, um, uh Jorge Posada, um they've they've had they've had a lot of great catchers in their history. Um but Yogi Berra um I don't I don't think there's really anybody better than him. I think in my opinion Yogi Berra is the best catcher in Yankees history and one of the most clutch hitters in Yankee history, um, and he, he was one of the first, like, like, Vladimir Guerrero um, was a bad ball hitter. Yogi Berra was also a bad ball hitter. If he saw the ball and he liked it, and it but it might have been low, um, it might have been caught a ball, but if he thought he could hit it, he was going to hit it, and he might even hit it, hit it out of the park a lot of times, too, uh, but anyways, um, Yogi Berra is my catcher, uh, my designated hitter. For designated hitters, I decided I had done a top five Yankee designated hitter, so I figured I would just go by that for this um, all-time Yankee roster. Um, Jason Giambi is my designated hitter. He basically is, like, of all the Yankees uh, all the guys of all the guys the Yankees had who were designated hitters since 1973, of course, when the the the, the designated hitter rule came into effect. Um, Ron Blumberg of course being the first designated hitter, but of all of them, I I really feel like Jason Giambi was probably the best designated hitter in Yankee history. The Yankees really haven't had a full-time designated hitter like the Red Sox with David Ortiz. Um, but anyways, I feel like Jason Giambi is probably the the, the top Yankee designated hitter. Um, obviously, if you're doing like if you're doing like a Yankee dream team lineup, you could probably go with like um, I don't know Mickey Mano at DH or Babe Ruth at DH or something like that a lot of times people would put Babe Ruth at DH but I mean that's for another episode anyway um however Jason Giambi would be my uh Yankee DH for this um all-time Yankee lineup um and as far as my lineup goes um my uh my leadoff hitter would be Derek Jeter of course playing shortstop Joe DiMaggio batting second and playing center field Babe Ruth batting third playing right field Lou Gehrig of course batting fourth, and playing first base. Yogi Berra, batting fifth, and playing catcher, uh, batting sixth. Greg Nettles, uh, playing third base. Charlie Keller, um, in left field, batting seventh. And Jason Giambi, batting eighth, designated hitter. And Tony Lazzari batting ninth, and playing second base. Um, This lineup, I feel like, is is basically, is is stacked. It's like an all-star lineup. Um, You know, there's a lot of Hall of Famers in here, of course, and obviously this is theoretical, of course, like I said, but, um, with a lineup like this, like, you really don't need to worry about lefty-righty, I don't think, um, best is my opinion, but I feel like Derek Jeter is, like, he was really, I mean, he wasn't a leadoff hitter a lot through, I mean, he was a leadoff hitter quite a bit throughout his career, but it was mostly toward the end of his career after Johnny Damon left, I believe, um, but, um, he he was a pretty darn good leadoff hitter. Um, a lot of times I think in All Star games, sometimes he would be the leadoff guy. And even like in the 2000 World Series, whenever the Yankees, whenever the Yankees really needed to win, like I believe it was Game Five or Game Four. I think it was Game Four of the 2000 World Series when Derek Jeter let off the game, um, on and there was a first first pitch fastball I believe, and he uh, hit it out of Shea Stadium and uh, got the Yankees going um, in that game. Um, I'm not sure if it was Game 4 or Game 5, but uh, Jeter was, um, you know, he was an aggressive hitter. He, he was very good, probably one of the best uh, at at taking the ball on the inside part of the plate and going the other way with it. Um, and he had a great inside out approach at the plate, um, just hitting the ball to right field um, on from the inside part. Uh, of course, Joe DiMaggio, one of the most complete hitters in, of all time in baseball. um and, and obviously he missed, like I said, three years in the prime of his career because of the war. And after Joe DiMaggio, I'd have to pick Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth, um, you know, of course, Babe Ruth really doesn't need a lot of explanation. But anyways, Babe Ruth, of course, he was the greatest hitter of all time, in my opinion. And Babe Ruth was really more than just a power hitter. He he hit for a high average and he had uh, obviously a lot of power um, and Babe Ruth was definitely probably one of the one of the one of the best uh clutch hitters if not the best clutch hitter of all time. Um you know of course 1926 and 1928 I think it was against the Cardinals. He he basically crushed the Cardinals basically by himself. He yeah, he, he actually boasted he had hit three home runs in one game twice in his career. Once uh both against the Cardinals and uh I I believe actually the second by the second time um I think the Cardinals actually started walking him because he was he was just he was just crushing them and they had no answer against Babe Ruth um they they just couldn't get him out and there was of course like even the story about how the White Sox once when uh Babe Ruth and the Yankees were going to Chicago I guess the, some of the White Sox players had taken out Babe Ruth for drinks and then uh Babe Ruth had um Babe Ruth uh they, they didn't want him to play the next game of course cuz they didn't want to lose but Babe Ruth still went out to the field even though he was drunk and he was out all night he went out into the field and he I think he had hit three home runs or but he had a great game um anyway and and uh the Yankees won after the game he even joked about it and asking them if they wanted to go out for drinks (laughs) so um anyway that's just kind of how Babe Ruth was and obviously being he like really was the first superstar in baseball history and he, he he was the guy that really saved baseball after the nineteen nineteen Black Sox scandal. Anyways, as far as the rest of the lineup, you know, you got Gehrig, Berra, uh Greg Nettles. I mean, there, obviously there's a lot of lefties in this lineup, but uh, you know, there's a lot of also a lot of very good hitters. Um, you know, Gehrig, um, you know, the the Gehrig and Ruth, it really doesn't matter if it's lefty, righty. Even Berra as well. Greg Nettles, um obviously I like I said, I, Alex Rodriguez probably was a Better offensive player than Greg Nettles, um, at least in my opinion, he was. Um, but Greg Nettles was a very good hitter as well. He was he was a very good power hitter. Of course, I'm sure Yankee Stadium helped Greg Nettles. Obviously, Greg Nettles being a left-handed hitter, um, but at the same time, too, he was still a very good um, hitter for the Yankees. Uh, Charlie Keller, who was probably one of the more underrated Yankees in history, um, and he he actually had uh, usually he was very good at getting on base. And he had a lot of power as well. He was a very good hitter. Um, I um, also Jason Giambi, of course. I have him batting eighth as the designated hitter. Um, And um, Jason Giambi, when he played with the Yankees, he really he finished out his contract, but he he did get hurt a lot. Of course, being a designated hitter kind of helped Giambi stay on the field. Um, And uh, you know, Giambi was a good he was a good player, kind of a leader in the clubhouse. Obviously, you know, Derek Jeter was the captain, but there's always other guys who step up as like a leader, and Giambi was one of those. And Giambi also did have some clutch hits. Like in 2003, he had two home runs in the ALCS um, against Pedro Martinez um, in Game 7. Um, Obviously, the Yankees won that game uh, on the Aaron Boone walk-off home run against Tim Wakefield in the bottom of the 11th. Um, and my ninth hitter, of course, Tony Lazari. Um, usually the ninth batter, in my opinion. It's good to have a guy that's going to try to, Get to the top of the order, you know, someone who's fast, kind of like a second leadoff guy. And Tony Lazzari is kind of like that in my in my opinion. I mean, obviously, I didn't see Tony Lazari play, but him just being a second baseman, um, um, I feel like you'd be a good number nine hitter. But for this lineup, and then to get back to the top of the lineup, you can kind of have if if like, because a lot of times you don't know really how the lineup. You can set up the lineup to start the inning, but Throughout the game, you might start with the one, two, three hitters, but then the next inning, the four, five, six, seven hitters might get up in the next inning. So then that kind of throws off the lineup a little bit more. And you got eight, nine, one. But say like you start off the inning with the number nine hitter, Tony Lazzeri, then you go to Derek Jeter, and then you go to Joe DiMaggio. So you got Joe DiMaggio as your three hitter that in the inning. So sometimes it just depends on how the inning goes. And I feel like, I mean, obviously with that great lineup, I mean you really can't. You really can't beat that lineup um however you know baseball is is not it's it's a it's it's a tough game and and like if you're playing a game um against anyone you know it doesn't matter how great the other team is anyone can beat anyone i mean kind of like look at this year too with how baseball has been um and that that kind of just tells you that right there um however uh so now I figure I mentioned my bench for the Yankees. On the bench is Willie Randolph, who I chose as the the second best Yankee second baseman. Um, but anyways, Willie Randolph was a very good uh, Yankee. He was a obviously a co-captain with the Yankees, I believe, with Ron Guidry in the 80s. Um, but also Willie Randolph was a very good leadoff hitter. Um, he had he had some very good speed, and uh, he also was a very good defensive second baseman. Probably one of the best defensive second basemen in Yankee history, along with Tony Lazari as well. Um, Bill Dickey would be my backup catcher. I chose him as the 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 second best Yankee catcher. But of course, you know the the Yankees had a lot of great catchers in their history. So it's, there's really there's there's really no wrong answer. Um, you know the Yankees have, have had so many great players in their history. Um, and Alex Rodriguez was my next guy because I figured Alex Rodriguez um, he he could come off the bench. He could play shortstop or third base. Um, so the Yankees can use him a lot. Um, and a lot of different roles there. They can even use him as designated hitter. Uh, Mickey Mantle, of course, you know, um, Mickey Mantle, Joe DiMaggio, you really can't go wrong with either one of them. Um, And he he can basically play anywhere, and I'm sure Joe DiMaggio could as well. Um, And Don Mattingly I have as my backup first baseman, and he could actually also play third base. I believe he played third base in a couple games at least, um, and he actually turned a double play, Don Adlee was a great first baseman. He was probably one of the best first basemen in, in Yankee history, along with Lou Gehrig, of course. Um I, I would say Lou Gehrig probably was the best, but Don is right up there. Um I, he's probably like he's like the next closest. Um obviously Gehrig is the best by far, but Mattingly's definitely a very solid number two, um, in my opinion. Um so that's my Yankee roster across the diamond. You got Charlie Keller on left field, Joe DiMaggio. In center, Babe Ruth in right field. You get Greg Nettles at third base, Derek Jeter at shortstop, Tony Lazari at second base, uh, Lou Gehrig at first base, and Yogi Berra at catcher, along with Jason Giambi as the designated hitter. Um, and, of course, if you're in the National League Park, you have the pitcher, Hit, um, and Whitey Ford, Ron Guidry, Red Ruffing, uh, Lefty Gomez, and Andy Pettit in my starting rotation. Uh, closer, Mariano Rivera, setup man, Goose Gossett, and Sparky Lyle um and probably as a sparky as a middle reliever as well and you got Romero Mendoza Ali Reynolds um in the bullpen especially maybe as like a long man or a spot starter and Louis Arroyo as a middle reliever and my manager for this team would be Joe McCarthy who I obviously chose as my uh my number one Yankee manager in Yankees history um so Joe McCarthy would be my manager and my general manager would be Ed Barrow who um who uh, he was actually nicknamed the Yankee Empire Builder, and I guess that's kind of a fitting name for for this team as well, because this team is, is stacked. And you know the Yankees were lucky to have a lot of great players in their history. Um, obviously, it all started with Babe Ruth, and Ed Barrow was a big, big part of that. Um, and you know, of course, Ed Barrow was the manager for Babe Ruth for the when he was with the Red Sox and um, obviously the Red Sox team that won in 1918, uh, Ed Barrow was the manager, and he brought along a lot of guys from the Red Sox. So anyways, thank you everybody for listening to my all-time Yankees roster, according to the top five Yankees that I did at each position, and also feel free to email me your all-time Yankee rosters as well, and let me know how you think this team might do if they were like to go in the time machine and play in, in any season. Feel free to share your all-time Yankee rosters. Um, you can feel free to email it at historic pinstripes at gmail.com um you can also feel free to share your all-time Mickey rosters on twitter uh, uh, the twitter handle is at historic nyy and uh, you can also feel free to comment on historic pinstripes on instagram and facebook as well at historic pinstripes um anyways, stay tuned for next week's episode on my all-time Yankee dream team. It's going to be very similar to this episode, but it's not going to be... I'm not going to do it with the top five Yankees at each position like I did this one. For next week's episode, I'm going to come up with a roster that's more like where I can kind of move guys around a lot. Like as far as Babe Ruth, I could probably put him a designated hitter if I wanted. Uh, Luke Gehrig, obviously I'll probably... There's a lot of guys that I'll probably keep in, um, where they are, but there are some things that I'll probably change a little bit. And obviously, um, you know, like like Joe DiMaggio, Mickey Mano will probably be in there with Joe DiMaggio. Obviously, I didn't really want to do that with this episode because I kind of wanted to kind of tie in all the top five Yankees at each position and um, kind of wrap that whole series up of podcasts that I had done. Um, anyways, thank you all for listening again, everybody. Have a great day. And as always, go Yankees!